Well, good morning, friends, and welcome. Welcome to Sunday morning worship here at Essex Church, spiritual home of this community of Kensington Unitarians. Ours is a community created by all those who walk through our doors, and we extend a special welcome to visitors here in busy central London. This morning's opening chant from our choir was a Jewish folk song, Shalom Chavarim, words that bring the message, may peace be with you. And that message of peace is one that will be heard in many places of Unitarian worship this morning, as today is marked as Unitarian Peace Sunday. Today we offer a message of peace amongst the many communities that meet in this church, that live in our neighbourhood, spreading out through London, across our country and out into our wider world. A peace that comes from respecting differences and from seeking connections. And seeking connections is one of the reasons we gather here, I think, on a Sunday morning, to connect with ourselves, to connect with one another, and to connect with that which we hold to be divine. So let's now take a moment to settle ourselves. Perhaps take a conscious breath, gently in and out. And know that we are here now that we can create this as a time for ourselves and that through shared music and words and silence we can together create this as sacred time and space a place for reflection and insight, comfort and calm. Each week around the world, Unitarian communities such as ours light a symbolic flame in a chalice such as this. May the light we now kindle inspire us to use our powers to heal and not to harm, to help and not to hinder, to bless and not to curse, to serve the spirit of freedom in justice and love. lot of this service is about our world community and I know that some people uh, were aware that um, Thursday was uh, World Anti-Slavery Day. It never ceases to surprise and shock me that there are an estimated 30 million people living in slavery in our world this day. So would you join me now in a time of prayer and reflection? As I call on the divine spirit of life and love to be with us now and to illumine all that we do and say together here today. As we hold in our awareness the reality of those 30 million individuals who live and work in slavery today and as we consider the global industry of human trafficking in which our city of London plays its part. Let us pray now for all those whose lives are blighted by injustice, imprisonment 
and inhumane working conditions over which they have little or no control. Let us pray for a world that could be so much kinder and fairer than it is. May the spirit of compassion help us to feel the suffering of the peoples and all creatures of this world. May the spirit of love melt cold hearts that trample on human rights. May the spirit of patience and endurance strengthen those who are oppressed and exiled from loved ones. May the spirit of courage strengthen those who speak for those who have no voice. May the spirit of non-violence bring healing, peace and justice to all peoples of the world. And may the spirit of unity help us to recognise people of every nation as brothers and sisters. And in a few moments of stillness now, may each of us find our own thoughts and prayers for the issues we may be grappling with in our own lives or for people and causes for which we are concerned. And may the blessings of love and compassion be with all people this day and always. Amen. I'm not um, suggesting that any of you try this um, personal safety tip that I gained from a personal safety course I went on many years ago. And actually, I don't think it's always necessarily true, but it's an illustration. And certainly the message of it has stayed with me ever since. We were considering various scenarios to do with personal safety on the streets, and someone asked the course leader for advice on how should we behave if we see a group of teenagers in the street up ahead of us and we feel frightened. It's a scenario some of you have experienced, I imagine. Should we cross the street or even turn and walk another way? And the trainer told us to keep walking on the same side of the street and treat the youngsters as if they were our neighbours known to us or members of our own extended family. His reasoning was that by crossing the road we'd give them a false sense of their own power but also... On a deeper level, we could be seen as rejecting them, saying, I'm not like you, we're not the same, I don't want to be close to you, you frighten me. When you ask people what Bible stories they remember, one of the most often remembered and liked is Jesus' parable of the Good Samaritan, which also utilises that image of crossing the road to avoid something we don't like the look of. It's a story that's inspired two of the hymns that we're singing today. And Jesus told that story because, like so often, he was being asked a testing question. And it said, just then a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? 
And he said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? And the lawyer answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbour as yourself. And he said to him, you've given the right answer. Do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, the lawyer went on to ask Jesus, and who is my neighbour? And Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell into the hands of robbers. Now, up until this moment, Jesus has stayed completely within the religious rules of his time. But as the story unfolds, as you know well, he powerfully points out that neighbourliness transcends religious rules and racial differences. You know the story. The injured man, lying by the side of the road, left for dead, and a priest and a Levite both pass by on the other side of the road. On a trip to the Holy Land, I walked along that same road from Jerusalem to Jericho, and to this day, it's a desolate landscape. In Jesus' time, it was renowned for robberies. And no wonder then that the priest and the Levite felt fear. It might have been a trap. And they would also have felt distaste. They followed strict rules about not touching blood. Those rules stronger for them than any sense of compassion. And the person who does stop and help the man, binding up his wounds and taking him to a local inn to recover, that person is a Samaritan, a hated group in Judea at that time. The very mention of a Samaritan would have produced a shudder of dislike in the people listening to Jesus' words. And having told this story, Jesus asks the lawyer who is testing him, so which of these three do you think was a neighbour to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? And the lawyer replied, well, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. And that message of mercy is as relevant today, isn't it, as it was some 2,000 years ago. And of course, any of these characters could be us. Because within us all, there is a wounded one in need of care. Just as there is a compassionate Samaritan and a fearful priest and a shadowy band of robbers concerned only with their own desperate needs. And at times, all of us need a good neighbour to be there for us. I've been a trustee here at Essex Church now for many years possibly more years than I care to remember. And as you can probably imagine, I've seen a fair few changes over the years. In today's service, we're celebrating the wide range of groups who share this building with us. And as it's true that this congregation has always welcomed other groups to share this space, it's also the case that the number of such groups has increased considerably over the years. Sarah, our minister, reckons that this is because there is such a shortage of available and reasonably priced places to hold meetings and groups here in central London. It's also because Jenny Moy, our warden, is such a wizard at cramming in as many groups as she possibly can into our crowded town table. At our trustees' meeting last month, Jenny reported that nine different groups had met in the church that day, 
the busiest day ever since she'd started work there. Here's the list. Ashtanga yoga, monkey music, Nia, baby bop, a summer school planning meeting, Chinese children's choir, Sufis, we trustees, and Tai Chi. Uh, as well as Caroline, our treasurer, and Jenny uh, doing accounts in the office and Howard working on the archives in the hall. We have guidelines to ensure that groups that use our building are in accord with our Unitarian ethos. And we particularly like to support groups that have a spiritual orientation or that encourage people's personal growth and development. We also try to accommodate local neighbours. The flats across the road from here use the church for their annual general meetings and we host children's parties if their families live nearby. Our next-door neighbours are getting married soon and have asked if they can use the church to practice their wedding dance. An Eritrean cultural support group meets here each week and will hold an aid meal here twice a year. It's the religious groups that use our building for their own worship, which perhaps especially help to give this place of ours its lovely meditative feel. Beit Klal Israel, the liberal Jewish group that has been meeting here for over 26 years, founded by Rabbi Lionel Blue, amongst others, to create a synagogue for gay and lesbian Jews in particular, meet here. Add to them the London Meditation Centre with their Hindu-based practice, our Sufis who chant each Monday in the library as they meet for Sikhir, followed by a shared meal, several Tai Chi and yoga classes, and, I hope I get this pronunciation right, our Seiko no, Seicho no Ye, a group that meets um, every Saturday night. Um, a Japanese and Brazilian group teaching that all religions emanate from one God. So, do you start to get a sense of what a rich and varied community of communities gathers here at Essex Church? Some years ago, a now very capable hedge fund manager considered our church finances and suggested that if we didn't take all these bookings from other groups, then we would not need to employ a live-in warden whose flat could then be let for a goodly sum and there'd be much less wear and tear on our building. Well, I think the committee was right, because we turned down that proposal. We don't own this building. We are simply its custodians, and to me, it feels right and proper to share it with other groups. We were told, weren't we, as children, that it's good to share, and it's true for us all, sharing what we've got is the loving thing to do. Thank you, Harold. And that message of sharing in love carries on in the responsive reading I'm going to invite you to join in with, which is on this blue sheet. It's written by the Reverend Cliff Reed. And it suggests that all we do can be done in love. We would be a community where the spirit dwells, where faith sustains, hope guides, and love rules. 
We would sow our seed in the field of the Spirit and ask for strength never to tire of doing good. May the harvest of the Spirit be ours. May love and joy, peace and patience, kindness and goodness, fidelity, gentleness and self-control be the hallmarks of our life together. And let us work for the good of all, opening ourselves to your Spirit, receiving the power and the vision that we need. When I first started work here at Essex Church some eight years ago now, I sat in the library one day with a friend and we meditated. And the question I asked was, what does the spirit of this place require of me? And the image that came to me was of this building and all that happens here as a beacon of light, a warm and welcoming presence in the midst of a busy capital city. And we've been working together on that warm, welcoming presence ever since, continuing the commitment of our trustees that Harold mentioned earlier on, maintaining and improving the fabric of our building, offering meeting space for more and more groups, improving our signage so that people get a better sense of who we are, and ensuring that there is a clear welcome to visitors each and every Sunday of the year. And all of this is saying to the world... We're here and we're interested in you. At the General Assembly meetings in April this year, a motion was passed designating the third Sunday in October as a Unitarian Day of Prayer for Peace and recommending that congregations host a service a bit like this. It's an opportunity to focus on what it is that connects us to each other, our shared humanity and our experience of living our lives. The issue of how to live with human diversity has, I suspect, been around as long as humans have been together in tribes. It is completely understandable, isn't it, that we are both fascinated and frightened by difference, by people who are not as we are. We have different physical looks, we have different cultures and ways of living, we have different beliefs. And our troubles come when one group doesn't like the look of another group, or that group behaves badly or is in some way threatening, or when their values are so very much not in accord with yours. (coughs) Now, I seem to be making this point for months now, and I will eventually stop it, but I know I'm not alone in my concern about our own current society here in Britain, where economic problems are being used, I think, as a springboard to spread messages of hatred and intolerance. And it wouldn't be the first time in human history, would it, that right-wing ideologies had gained ground through the blame of certain groups for economic hardships. I think one of our tasks here is to counterbalance such messages with other economic truths. The parable of the Good Samaritan was often used by Martin Luther King Jr. in his speeches to great effect, and he broadened its message to one of economic and social justice for all. This is um, from the speech he gave uh, the day before he died. 
On the one hand, we are called to play the good Samaritan on life's roadside, he said. But that will only be an initial act. Because one day we must come to see that the whole Jericho Road must be transformed so that men and women will not be constantly beaten and robbed as they make their journey on life's highway. True compassion is more than flinging a coin to a beggar. It is not haphazard and superficial. It comes to see that an edifice which produces beggars needs restructuring. Words of Martin Luther King, Jr. Our ways of running our global economics are human constructions and as such can surely be restructured to a fairer model that does not need to oppress people or use people or cheat people or trap people. We have to seek out ways to assert our common humanity. In the centre of our table today, we have a circle of people embracing, surrounded by a rainbow of coloured candles. And that search for images such as these that express both diversity and shared experience, I think is a really important one. The Buddha used the image of one light to express the one spirit that exists within all of creation. One light, but many lamps, he said. That's how the oneness of existence finds expression in our world. Diversity is what life is all about. And how to live with diversity, that is our common concern. One way is to keep ourselves to ourselves, to stick to our own tribe. But there's something in the human spirit that pushes us to explore and to reach out, isn't there? A fascination with the other. And there is also the really practical matter of living on a crowded planet Our societies are increasingly varied and we cannot, certainly not in London, any longer just keep ourselves to ourselves. And that calls us to find peaceful ways to live alongside others, meet the neighbours, open the doors, make connections that transcend differences and help us to discover that one light shining within us all. Inspirational writer Helen Keller famously wrote of our human condition... I am only one, but still I am one. I cannot do everything, but still I can do something. And because I cannot do everything, I will not refuse to do something that I can do. And it applies to individuals and it applies to communities too. Here we are, a small liberal religious community in London in the early 21st century. The world's problems are very apparent to us. But I believe that every time we make some small gesture, give to a good cause, smile at a stranger, share what we have with others, open our windows and our doors and look out at our world in wonder and delight, I think we're making a difference. I think we're shining a beacon of light. And who knows who might spot it. Amen. And so, let us move onwards in our lives, with love and justice in our hearts, shaping our actions, guiding us to reach out to others, 
and to join in the work that must be done of helping others and offering a hand of friendship to all people. May we be as a lamp to others, that our small light might help them too along life's pathway, illuminating their steps along with our own. Amen. Go well and blessed be.